Are you ready? Yes, I am. Then let's take a walk. Welcome to Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. I'm Dallas. And I'm Lori. According to the old Irish proverb, a good laugh and a long sleep are the best cures in the doctor's book. But what happens when sleep eludes you? Not only are you tired, but your mind and body also become sluggish. This week, we're offering suggestions that will hopefully help improve your sleep so you can then function at your peak potential. Step right up, because here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Weather. I'm just starting it off with weather because yeah. climate change, huge thing. And I got to say, I even had trouble sleeping the other night because we had a massive rain come through. Mm-hmm. And I remembered you talking recently about the fact that you had that major hailstorm. So I was freaking out a little like what we even got a little thunder, which we don't usually get here. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of bizarre, but you know, things talking about things impacting sleep. That was one of the ones. Yeah, no, we, we just had our adjuster come out here. We've got to get the whole roof replaced. Wow. Yeah. And screens and other things. Oh my gosh. It's, it's insane. Every house, every, every house on the street. Right. Every house in town, pretty much. That is crazy. That is crazy. Good for the roofing companies though. Absolutely. But I don't think them putting on the new roof is going to disturb my sleep because they have to do that during the day. <laughs> well, that's good. Let's hope you don't have any more storms in the interim because what did little pup react? Oh my gosh. So my son crawled in bed with me. My dog was already in bed with me and we, it was 90 minutes. It's a good 90 minutes of just that nonstop pounding. And yeah, it was, it, then it was hard to go back to sleep afterwards because I was looking out the window at my white icy property <laughs> and it was just covered yeah the anxiety was building yeah which of course is one of those things that will impact your sleep yes it will so many things about today so many things impact sleep oh absolutely so when you're not encountering a hailstorm, mm-hmm. how much sleep do you get my goal is to get a good nine hours i feel that's my sweet spot okay but if I can get more, I like more. Makes sense. Yeah. And you? I actually, seven to nine, anywhere mm. in that range is good. Like you, more yes. <laughs> when I can. But then again, that is a characteristic of autoimmune. You're dealing with a chronic illness. Your body actually does want more sleep to be able to try to repair itself. So yeah. now do you take naps? Okay. So this is so funny <laughs> up until COVID shut everything down and everyone was home with me. Mm-hmm. I would literally take a nap each day and on the weekends. And I'm not talking small naps. <laughs> I'm not talking a 20 team. minute power nap. I could get a good one or two hours in every That's day funny. and still have normal sleep patterns at night. But once everyone was home with me, it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't because everyone was home with me. And now I've tried like on the weekends or if my husband and the boys go out and do something. I tried to nap. And unless I am just dead tired, I cannot. Oh, so in no. the past three years, I've had less than 20 naps. 
And I was, I was like a one a day, once a day napper. Yes. Cause I would nap when my kids napped. Mm-hmm. They say sleep when your kid sleeps. And I just never grew out of that. <laughs> I'm sure you're supposed to stop that once they're sleeping through the night, but I just kept on with it. Not really. I mean, from what I was seeing in preparing the research for the show, the jury's out on this one nap or to not nap. I mean, we're talking about whole cultures in Europe who siesta and napping is part mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. And they haven't really honed in on it on the research to say, you know, napping good or bad. Right. And I think like everything else, you have to find your path. What works for you according to your chronobiology that we talked about before in one of our episodes on energy management, what is your energy rhythm? Yeah. You might need a nap. That might be your biological genetic profile to do that. Well, to me, what I found, because, you know, I don't live in Europe on our last trip, even we were up till 11, 1130 midnight Mm -hmm. with the sun out. Oh, yeah. And even the boys, we were just up later and we still got up at, you know, at the same time we would at home, mm-hmm. they just sleep less at night. And that's why I think they deal well with their naps during mm-hmm. the day. And for me personally, my naps never interrupted my ability to go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's to me, that's not detrimental. It's just part of, do you take a little break? Then maybe you take less sleep at night. Or for me, I just got an extra hour or two of sleep. And that makes sense. I nap. I didn't used to. I was the, you know, US go, go, go. Napping was just not something you do. But dealing with the condition, once that came up, napping is a vital part of what I do during a day now to make sure that I can replenish my energy and Mm -hmm. tackle the second part of the day. Yeah. I never needed naps till kids, which again, (laughs) you know, it just goes with the territory, but then I just kept on and now I I want them back, please. And the research really is kind of skewing that way in showing naps are good. But again, depends on your chronobiology, on your circadian rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. Which we had talked about before, that 24-hour pattern that your body has from a biological standpoint. And, you know, some people do need naps and some people don't. Yep. It's just what works for you. With the naps and the everything else, you kind of already answered the question, do you get quality sleep? Sometimes I don't feel that I do. And it's just because I don't know how long I'm in my REM cycle. Like I have an Apple watch that I could track it. I don't want to wear a watch to bed. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me. So I, I rarely do that. But I know that I, I wake up a couple of times, got to wake up to pee. The dog readjusts himself. My husband readjusts the covers onto him and off of me. <laughs> So I get interrupted. I know I'm not getting that good, solid, deep sleep that we're supposed to have. I know that influences my day when I wake up because I can tell when I wake up, I'm like, "Mm, man, I really wish I could go back to sleep for an hour or two. Right. How about you? Well, it takes work to get quality sleep. You have to have the right conditions. Lots of study on that, especially again, when the condition flared up, one of the big things that I have with it is muscle spasms. Lots of people are familiar with restless leg syndrome. Yeah. But start thinking about that happening all over your body and you can't control it. And your arm might be twitching one night and your leg might be twitching another night. It becomes an issue. And so Mm -hmm. quality sleep is really dependent on how well I can kind of minimize my symptoms through the night. Right. And that's what it takes. But, and I 
definitely can tell when I get quality sleep. And, you know, there are those trackers and things like that. There's one that I have that you actually put under your mattress Mm -hmm. um, that can help you track sleep. But the problem is I don't always sleep in my bed either. Oh, what? You know, it's, I can sleep on my bed, I'll or sleep on the couch or I'll sleep on the, you know, I just, there are different places I sleep. And so then the problem is how do you track all of those? Unless you wear a watch like you, I hate wearing anything on bed. It's like, oh, don't touch me. <laughs> oh, now I'll admit I could fall asleep anywhere, mm-hmm. almost anywhere, but what? No. Oh man. If I fall asleep somewhere and I wake up, I was like, no, put me in bed. <laughs> I can't, I can't actually have a, a real sleep. Oh man. So that is one thing I can get quality sleep just about anywhere. It's crazy. Everything is working. Oh, that's crazy. Now, do you use any medications to get to sleep? Over the years I have back in my college days and, you know, the first job type, just that really stressful period of your life. I would occasionally need like, you know, NyQuil. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. People don't do that. Do not take NyQuil to go to sleep, but I did. I needed my sleep. I wasn't getting it. I wasn't right. I wasn't tired. And mm-hmm. there were a couple other issues that funneled into that at that time. And just occasionally over the years, you know, I'll have this spell that I'll go to the doctor. Hey, I'm not sleeping real well, you know, and she'll suggest melatonin and I'll, I'll take that for you know a couple of weeks, maybe mm-hmm. get back into my rhythm or not. You know, well, I know they suggest melatonin not be permanent. Some people say mm. melatonin is a permanent thing in their life. And oh, yeah, other no, people are like, oh, yeah, either. I take I take Zequil or whatever mm-hmm. the brands are. I don't think I would function very well if I was taking that every single day. No, I feel like then, honestly, it's just you become dependent on it. And then what if right. happens if all of a sudden you can't get it? Do you just not sleep? Do you just stay awake until you pass out? Well, exactly. And you have to find your new sleep routine. You have to figure out what other ways you can trigger your body. Yes. And I like a sleep routine. Have this, you know, need to sleep. Yes. Because it is a biological need. It's the same need as food from a neuroscience perspective. Yep. Are you tired right now? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I am still jet lagged. How long after my trip? I am just... Still readjusting, huh? Still readjusting. It's getting to be that time in the day where I don't remember what episode we talked about it, but just, you know, after the morning and things settle during the day and you're kind of like getting into that afternoon time, I get tired. I'm just waiting for like the, I don't want to say the excitement of dinner, but Mm kind of getting into that. Okay. Well, dinner's coming up. Now I got to start planning and getting things ready and getting things done and setting things up and, and cooking. And then, you know, it's ebbs and flows, I guess. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm in a, what an ebb. (laughs) I don't know. Well, yeah, you're in a down cycle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, we talked about this in episode 19 on energy management. That's what this is your ultra DN rhythm. Mm -hmm. You're in your lull. So yeah, I could probably definitely pass out halfway through this podcast. I don't know. Well, then I need to stop talking because (laughs) as I understand, I'm really good at putting you to sleep. Oh my gosh. That's it's, it's embarrassing, but yeah, you do. You put put me to sleep. Not because you're not interesting. You just have this voice. Sometimes when we're on the phone mm-hmm. and you're like, are you getting sleepy? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm literally, I think I'm sleeping. And I know, oh, yeah. I know that you've had to hang up on me because I have fallen asleep. I have. I Ta- have. Literally while we're talking in the middle of a conversation. 
I would say it was insulting, but it's not. It's kind of funny, actually. So, well, I'm glad. I mean, I would hope that I could bring this this to the the world. You know, do other people find my voice as comforting and to put them to sleep? I mean, <laughs> dude, you re- you literally used to tell me bedtime stories. Oh, I did. I did. Um, and it's one thing that I think uh, I'm going to be doing. For this episode, I'm going to find an old Project Gutenberg fairy tale, and I'm going to record it. And this is for Lori. We'll put it up on Patreon for everybody. Oh, my God. And you guys can have it for yourself, and Lori will be downloading it most often. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you just have the most relaxing voice? I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, there's nothing half wrong the, with half that. The times I, I like fear, it. Half the times we have to pause the podcast because I'm like, dude, I'm getting sleepy. Your voice is just... And it's just your voice. It's not that you're boring. It's just your voice is so calming. calming. It's like it's like there's certain voices. I, I literally fall asleep mm-hmm. to like murder shows just because mm-hmm. it's that flat, soft, mm-hmm. not excited, you know, right. and then this happened. You don't want to talk about a murder show that way. You want to be yeah. respectful. You want to kind of be chill about it. And that's just like, oh, man, uh, people are like, how can you go to sleep to that? I'm like, best sleep I ever get. And I totally agree with you. There are definitely some voices that do that for me. Funny enough, Jeremy Clarkson, who did Top Gear, one of the shows that I can turn on at night and go to sleep is Top Gear because Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond and James May, all three of them together, they can put me to sleep every time. They will be talking about and driving around in this supercar. It's mm-hmm. revving the engine and everything else. And I can still go to sleep because it's just them talking. Something about them has that that lull in the voice. And Jeremy Clarkson in particular, it's just good. I have this one Pavlovian dog <laughs> movie that mm-hmm. puts me to sleep because when I set when I would settle my youngest in for his nap, and I know people are gonna be like, oh my God, I can't believe you did this. But I until he turned 15 months, his afternoon nap, I had him in my arms in the rocking chair. And he and I would just go to sleep together. So I would turn and I don't know how this movie became. When you hear it, you're just gonna be like, what the heck? And I think I know which one it is. So okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I've told you this, this story in deep, in this much detail, but no. And he literally would hear the music at the beginning of the movie, you know, the, 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 theme. Hear the theme song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The theme song. And he would, oh, I, you could tell his eyes. He would look over towards the TV and then he would like snuggle in. And then about five minutes later, I'd pass out too. It was the original Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sydney Portier, Catherine Hepburn, and Spencer Tracy. And I don't know why that movie, I don't know why, but to this day, if I can't sleep, mm-hmm. I will I will get my phone near my bed and I will put that movie on really soft. And as soon as that theme song comes rolling in, you gotta give a little, take a little. And I'm like, I feel myself falling asleep. And then it goes, yep. <laughs> yeah. And then usually by the time my husband comes to bed it's over or if not he'll just like turn my phone off because he knows what I'm doing and I was so mad when they removed it from streaming but then I just bought it (laughs) then I just bought it as a download yeah exactly so and that actually moves us into the next topic quite perfectly have you ever heard about creating sleep hygiene rules like what rules sleep hygiene rules I can honestly say I've never heard of that what is that? So there are, and you can find them across all kinds of articles out there from all kinds of well-respected sleep institutions. 
Harvard and Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins and Stanford and everything else, but they talk mm -hmm. about these sleep hygiene rules. And basically it's a set of things that you should do to create the best environment for you to go to sleep. Okay. Now, uh, the one that you mentioned, right, you were listening to a TV show, mm -hmm. right? And one of the sleep hygiene rules is no TVs, no electronics really? in the room. Okay. Now, what about, what about like white noise machines? Well, noise is different. Okay. Okay. So noise, and again, this is where the sleep hygiene rules take little turns here and there, but it's really about the light that's associated okay. with your electronics, not necessarily the electronics themselves and what they do. So mm -hmm. sound really is one of the things that is recommended to help with sleep. And there are different types of sound patterns out there that can help you get into delta pattern or theta pattern of your sleep. Unfortunately, some of those things though, come with clocks, which again, clocks are one of the ones that you should kind of look at mm -hmm. how you position it. So that if you do wake up in the, the middle of the night and you're looking at your clock and the time mm -hmm. that it doesn't build anxiety for you, turn it around turn it facing away from you so that you don't see it. And also see if there is a setting on your clock that allows it to tone down the amount of light it emits. Oh, see, I put, so I put my silk bonnet on my hair mm -hmm. then I put my sleep mask over my <laughs> eyes. And it's one of those nice ones that it doesn't press on your eyes. It's almost got like molded cups. Yeah. So it doesn't mm -hmm. touch your eyeballs. And I am just like, Oh, it's, it's totally dark. I'm, I'm comfy. I'm, I don't have to worry about that. Yay. Which is but some people, you know what? But some people can't sleep with them. Oh, I can't. Absolutely yeah. cannot. See, another way we're different. Yeah. I can't sleep with a sleep mask at all. That annoys me to no end. Yeah. I've got bougie boys. They take after their mom. They want sleep masks. <laughs> but that's another of the sleep hygiene rules, which is just eliminating light. Mm -hmm. Right. As much daylight as you possibly can from getting in. Um, and then of course, any light sources within the room itself. Now, of course, this, as most of the other rules comes with caveats because some people like my mother just can't operate that way. <laughs> she has to have the light at night if she has to get up mm -hmm. and yeah. go to the, the bathroom or do something. And right. so, yeah, <laughs> if we're on a trip and we're in the same hotel room, that is a fight because oh, she gosh. wants to leave the bathroom light on all night. And I can't mm -hmm. sleep if the bathroom light is on. I can't sleep with light and I can't sleep with a sleep mask. So I'm kind of oh. screwed. Separate rooms. <laughs> yes. So you have to eliminate light as much as you possibly can. But in fact, studies now are showing it's specific light. It's really the wavelength of the light that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If it's closer to daylight and it's got a blue hue wavelength or spectrum, that's the one that's kind of overriding your body's biological response. Uh-huh. Okay, and trying to keep you awake. So what they recommend instead is try to turn on the night functions on some of your electronics. They have that, lowering yeah. it on your computer or on your iPad, they actually do have night mode. Mm -hmm. And they change it over to those yellow hue lights and wavelengths to try to, again, get your body to start to calm down or relax. Right. Now, there's a couple of other ones that go along with those hygiene rules as well. 
some ones that you've probably heard a million times before. Reduce your stress. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and it's so super simple too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You can check turn done. that on and off, right? Check done. <laughs> so reduce your stress, lower your anxiety, those types of things. So easy. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about a few methods. We've talked about a few before in episode 10 on stress. We mm -hmm. gave you some examples of how you can start working with your stress reduction, especially if you don't like meditation, which okay. I don't, and Lori doesn't really either. Nope. <laughs> um, so there are some other ones. And I found a new one. I found a couple new ones. Really? Yes. From the military. Thanks, military. So we'll share those a little bit later. And then we were also talking about a few of them in our energy episode as well, um, about how you can kind of work on your stress and your anxiety. Now, one you're not going to agree with, and I can tell you right up front, I know this is going to be an eh, no pets in bed. Nope. So all of these rules, these, you know, sleep hygiene rules that appear all over the place and mm -hmm. so dead set on what they do. I sleep with mine in the bed. And yours are nocturnal. Exactly. And I've got them on a sleep pattern. They are, they do not behave as normal cats do. They actually do sleep through the night and they even get into bed themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they'll do it before I'm in ready for bed some days. But you have, you have a much later bedtime. I do. So it's almost like, you know, they're awake yes. until then. So it's kind of, that's a little mm -hmm. bit, you're, you're a little bit into the cat hours. <laughs> I am. I am, but they even have their own bed and they gave it up. They were like, nope, we want to sleep in your bed, mm -hmm. at least not on me. That is a lot of what the sleep hygiene is about, though, for animals that do wake you up in the middle mm -hmm. of the night too often, because a lot of cats will do that yeah. with their nocturnal behavior if you don't have them trained. And, you know, the other thing, too, is if you've got a bigger dog in bed or something like that, then you'll feel it moving. It may wake you up. It may hit you. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So that's why they were saying no pets in bed, but also because of the fur and the dander and the other stuff can add to not having a healthy breathing environment uh, yeah, in the that room, makes sense. right? Because they'll add more dust into mm -hmm. the room yeah, yeah. along with their fur and dander and other stuff. So as long as you're keeping them at a slight distance in your bed, as long as they're not waking you up, as long as they're not sleeping on top of you, because some cats will actually like try to sleep on a person's neck or chest or you know mm -hmm. very close to them i think they like to feel the heartbeat that's mm -hmm. my own personal opinion i don't know if it's <laughs> real or not it might be but yeah no pets in bed is a pretty typical sleep hygiene rule and i don't get it doesn't work for me i sleep with my dog and a spouse and my husband wakes me up more than the dog <laughs> he doesn't thrash around mm -hmm. but somehow he moves the covers around crazy crazy bad like all of a sudden I'll have no covers on me and he'll wind up wrapped up like a burrito. <laughs> and I don't know how he does it. It's some, some wizardry he has. Interesting. Yeah. That's Luckily amazing. he doesn't snore. I'm the yeah. Snorer. I'm not lucky. I do side. the snoring. I do the snore. I am one of those pregnant snorers. <laughs> Always snored when I was pregnant. Cause I would I'm have to sleep on my breather. I was, well, I would have to sleep on my back and that's when I snore. Cause I always sleep on my side. Uh -huh, okay. So if I like, for some reason, like roll onto my back. Mm -hmm. I know I start snoring and then he's like shoving my shoulder, wake me up, telling me to <laughs> roll over, which then I'm like, well, dude, you know, I was sound asleep and only you were awake. So mm -hmm. you could have just let me sleep and only one of us be awake, but 
but no. But no, it's Misery like loves company up. on that one. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the other sleep hygiene rules that I come across most often. Watch what you eat and watch when you eat. So really what you eat and when you eat have to do a lot with trying to make sure you're not upsetting your stomach or you're not creating any acid reflux before you go to bed kind of thing. That makes sense. They're always like, stop eating a few hours before bed. I've I've heard that my whole life and no spicy food. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, of course, is caffeine. You just want to limit what caffeine you have during the day. And then when you get that caffeine, so that it's not affecting your natural sleep pattern. I cannot drink sparkling water late at night Mm. and then lay down. That bothers me. Yeah. That's not, I'm up like for four hours burping. (laughs) I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of (laughs) gross. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I would say the fun part was, and again, with these sleep hygiene rules, you really do have to find what works for you because I used to be able to drink caffeine right before bed. I had no problem with that. Yeah, I can do that. I just can't have my caffeine all at one time. But mm-hmm. if I spread it out through the day, oh yeah, I have a freaking <laughs> coffee drink right before bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a nice warm drink to go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Some people want more warm milk. I'm like, I'll just take a coffee. But yeah, those, you know, those are the the general sleep hygiene rules. You want to keep your sleep as clean as possible, which is just weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not only have we discussed how we break those rules, but I also know some other people who break those rules as well. One of my friends, he can't go to sleep if the TV's not on. Really? And if it's not on all night, he can't stay asleep. The second it'll go off, we we went to Comic-Con once and we shared a room. Okay, so I know who you're talking about. Yeah, And, and it just blows me away because his wife, I don't know how she does it. But we had to come to an agreement because I can't keep it on all night. I can go to sleep with sound. That I do normally is go to sleep with sound. But if it's not turned off after I'm, you know, asleep asleep, it'll Mm -hmm. wake me up again. Oh, Lord. And yeah, he's the opposite. If you turn the sound off, he'll wake up, which is great. I mean, you know, more power to you. You've got to find what works for you. Yeah. And you got to find what works if you're, if you're married or in a relationship, you got to find what works for both of you. Cause mm-hmm. let me tell you what works for me and my husband are not the same things either. New. No. Yeah. The room temperature and he wants the ceiling fan on. And I'm like, that is wind. I don't want to sleep with wind. He's <laughs> like, no, it's the best. You just cuddle under the the warm, heavy blankets. And I'm like, no, again, I want to sleep with the lightest layer possible, which means short sleeve or tank top, little pair of short pajamas, shorts, and one sheet. And I, I need the room to be the perfect temperature. I literally have two degrees in the summer and two degrees in the winter that I'm mm-hmm. in my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But he would have it down to like 63 wow. under bunch of heavy blankets, which then I feel like I'm suffocating. <laughs> and he would have the wind on. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I can't, oh my gosh, that's like, mm -mm. I would, I would say though, it's a little unfortunate. I lean more towards the slightly colder room with a little bit more as far as the blanket is concerned, but how weird is that going to sound? I'm kind of in between the two of you. (laughs) I like it a little colder in the room, but I like to have, I like to be wearing my warm stuff mm, and I like mm. to not 
curl up in my blankets. Mm. You know, like I like to have them there and they're, you know, there for warmth or whatnot, but I don't like a lot of stuff on me. Oh no. In the winter, I will wake up like, I don't know, two, three hours after I go to bed, I will literally have to change pajamas or just take them off or something. <laughs> Cause I will be too hot. And I'll like even hot. kick off all the sheets mm-hmm. and I will still be too hot to sleep or I'll wake up. Like I said, I have a very short range of temperatures I can sleep in, <laughs> which for the, for being able to fall asleep anywhere, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the other thing you need to consider is whether or not you have a sheet, a regular blanket, cozy under a bunch of duvets, or even have a weighted blanket, which, oh my gosh, don't get me started on those. You need to have a good pillow, mm-hmm. a good mattress. And you need to find what that does for you. I've, Mm -hmm. gosh, we've gone through probably four mattresses and there've been some that I definitely sleep better on than others. And right now I'm trying to convince, convince him that we need a new mattress and I'm still looking for the perfect pillow. If anyone has any perfect pillow ideas for me, please let us know on Instagram or somewhere because I've tried everything from $15 pillows to like $150 pillows. And I still cannot find the perfect pillow. Yes. And I know it's out there. It's because you can't really try a pillow either and return it. You know, you're just kind of stuck with it. I at least have a great donation company here that will accept Mm -hmm. a pillow. So, you know, if you've used a pillow just once or twice and they'll- Some of the more expensive ones will be like, try it for 30 days and then send it back. Okay, yeah. Uh, And sending it back is like a hassle and a half. Oh yeah. Literally, it's, literally here's $100 takes, like, to send it back. Yeah. Like, like literally takes six hours out of your day. Exactly. And I'm bad about getting anything to the mailbox anyway to go mm-hmm. out. It's like first world problems, but it's just a pillow is just, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you, you could stuff it only so much. <laughs> Very true. I did find a pillow recently and I like the design concept around it. I don't think the execution was of it was great, but I like the concept. Mm-hmm. So it was memory foam bits of stuffing so you could take it out and put it in to kind of create your firmness level yeah then the problem was once it gets down to the you know lower firmness level it just kind of separates out oh yeah yeah no he's put my head on it and by the morning you pick you pick his up in the middle and all of a sudden you got this like floppy up floppy little thing yeah my perfect pillow, I think it would need like the little dip for my neck, mm-hmm. but it would also need a circle cut out for my ear. Right. Cause I don't like when I sleep hard and I'm not moving, my ear hurts in the morning. I, I totally do the same thing. Oh my God. Okay. So see, yes. I thought, I thought I was like having like cartilage no. problems or something. No, I think that is a pillow issue. We have not figured out this pillow issue yet. If there's a, if anyone knows a pillow that has an ear hole, let us, let us side sleepers know. know. Yes. Side sleepers in particular. We have serious troubles finding pillows. That That is the worst. Yes. That is the worst. Although I want to go back to weighted blankets. Okay. Because I know the science behind it. Yes. And what works, why it works, what it works And I know kids love them. And kids like them. Yeah. There's some kids that love them and some adults that love them. Mm-hmm. but I'm the same way with you. I, I just, Oh, that's too much weight. That's too much stuff on top of me. Right. You know, especially because I thrash a little at night. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't have that 
weighing me down. Right. <laughs> but I know the science behind it and it does help with anxiety disorders. So. Which is funny. Cause I have it. Yeah. I have anxiety. And I was like, that, that makes me anxious. The thought of being weighed down. What right. works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. Totally. <laughs> Just give me the top sheet and keep your blankets. I found a recent article with some other really great suggestions. So we had, we were just talking about, you know, different pillows and mattresses and things like that. But, you know, once you get all of that situated, your environment for the bedroom, (laughs) then you really still have to work on the brain. And we know how much I love the brain. Yes. And these were some great sleep exercises. So, you know, the meditations and I've seen some other ones. One of my favorites is the progressive um, muscle relaxation through your body. That's still one of the ones that I like um, where you kind of tense and relax individual muscles progressively down your body, starting out from your head and going down your face and through your arms and through your body. I had a therapist when I was like, almost right out of college. One of my first jobs that used to, used to have me do that. And I was like, it did, not, it, it did nothing for me. Yeah. But again, you, find you, your you own. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Some people really well, love that one. Yeah. And well, I mean, that's why we're here. Cause we're so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found a new one. Yeah. I did not expect I would find a new one. You know, a lot of times I'll go through and we'll do research for these episodes and I'll find a lot of stuff that, you know, we've come across before and we've all heard it before a a thousand times. I was actually still pretty surprised you haven't heard sleep hygiene rules yet. No. It's again, everywhere I look, I find those things. But where would I find them? I don't Google how to sleep, you you know, know, and I don't Google how to sleep. I mean, yeah, if you're having sleep or insomnia, or insomnia will, will pull them up. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't research that kind of stuff. Until the episode, and then you actually yes. have to. Well, do yes, research. until we decide on what to do, and then I start. Then you have to go actually look. Mm-hmm. But this Healthline article had some great put you to sleep exercises, and one in particular that I hadn't actually run across before. So, and I've referred to it on this episode already. Stress episode that we did, episode ten, and our energy episode, episode nineteen went through some of the basics on meditation, visualization, and they specifically called out in this Healthline episode, that mini visualization episode that we created our little mini meditations, digital download on Etsy for you guys. If you want this voice (laughs) to help you go to sleep like Lori. (laughs) It's amazing people, seriously. So in that same article though, they had the military method. The military method. The military method. Okay. And I really liked this one because one of the things I didn't like about the progressive relaxation one yeah. was the length of time it took to do it and to get to sleep. And this Healthline article basically has how to get to sleep in 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. So how long do you want to take to try to get to sleep. So this was kind of a, a reduction of that tense and release method. 
to get you into it a little bit faster. And of course, we'll put this link up on our website when the episode goes live. And so that you guys can check out these different methods. And as I said, this military method, I tried it out and it actually worked pretty well. I was surprised. However, there was one section of it that I didn't respond to very well. And that probably just has to do with how my brain functions. And especially at night, because I am more of a night owl. Yes. But the section where it said, there's a section where it says, if you know, if you're still not feeling sleepy, then start repeating the mantra. Don't think, don't think, don't think. Hmm. And it's a, you know, it's a, a pretty simple thing, but the unfortunate part is for me, that kind of triggered my brain on that, that made it start processing again. So that kind of negated the first part of the overall exercise, but for some people that might work, that might be a good mantra to calming your brain down if you're over-processing at night. Um, So I would say, you know, experiment with some of these processes. And I found a few more as well um, that are available online. We'll put those links up on the website as well for you guys to check out and see what works for you. So keeping on track with what you were just talking about with the brain part of sleep, I know you were discussing with me earlier that if you are struggling with insomnia and not being able to fall asleep, that there's kind of a little... I guess you could call it adjacent or offshoot part of cognitive behavioral therapy that you can, you can work with. Yep. And it's literally called cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia. Oh my (laughs) God. Is it? It just tacks on for insomnia. Okay. CBTI. Got it. (laughs) And it's a newer therapy that they, that's been developed and same principles apply of cognitive behavior uh, training, and it's just about retraining your brain. And they found it to be very helpful for people who have to deal with off shift work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people who have to deal with waking and sleeping against what is their normal chronobiology, right? They have to fight against their circadian rhythm, their natural biological circadian rhythm. And there's been some very interesting new research delving into the the circadian rhythms and how integrated it is into your genetic makeup Hmm. as to the type of person you are. Because we had talked about this before about, you know, I'm more of a night owl, right? And like my- You could almost say you're, you could almost say you're, you're an early bird (laughs) because you go to sleep (laughs) so early in the morning. That's very, very true. You could say that. Um, But yeah, I mean, but my stepmother is completely opposite of that. You know, my, she is up at the wee, wee hours of the morning. And so Mm -hmm. if you have a work schedule that doesn't mesh with that, Mm -hmm. your normal biological schedule, this CBTI can kind of help with that. It can help also influence some of the other methodologies you may use and making them more permanent. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Now I'm going to take a funny sideways jump from that (laughs) and get into something that we totally disagree on. (laughs) Well, according to research that you said you've, you've been reading lately, and that Mm -hmm. is sleep banking, which 
I have always heard you really can't make up your sleep. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be tired and take that extra nap or you can, you know, be jet lagged and and try to get back to it. But it's kind of like, yeah, if you missed it, you missed it. No matter how much you get, it's kind of, you're still off. And it's just, just to go back and as quickly as possible, get into your regular sleep cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, try not to take those naps. Just try to stay awake till bedtime. Don't sleep in the next day. Try to just get back on your schedule as soon as possible. And now you were telling me that the research you're seeing is that my whole life has been a lie. (laughs) And you can, in fact, bank sleep. And I need an account at this bank. Yes, you you could have been depositing to your sleep savings this whole time. It's not necessarily how it works. So there's there's two facets, really, to sleep banking. So there's preparing, right, or saving up sleep, doing more sleep before what you know is going to be a very high intensity and sleep depriving activity. Well, that makes sense because I'm pretty sure people aren't partying the night before a freaking marathon. Yes. So a couple of days before you can kind of change your sleep pattern, increase the amount of hours. And again, back to the military, this is was done with current military participants and trying to kind of figure out how to make them more effective. There are, there are two parts really to this studies now around sleep deficit and sleep banking. And the one Uh, comes from the military, where they were actually doing a study on trying to get more sleep in, you know, increase the number of hours you're sleeping before you know that you're going to have a sleep depriving activity, right? Mm -hmm. Or a very intense activity, energetic activity. Right. And that you could, you know, kind of store up some of that extra sleep and then use it and be more effective during the times where you're starting to move into the sleep deficit area. Mm-hmm. So that's one, that's kind of the, the pre-sleep. <laughs> that's your banking, that's your savings account. The other one is the sleep deficit. And that's probably what you've heard the most about, right? right. Is I've not gotten enough sleep and now there's no way to make up for it. Mm-hmm. And that is what's also now kind of getting more study in do we really understand that? Is it possible to make up that sleep? And what the studies are showing is, yes, you can make up that sleep deficit. However, the caveat is it takes a lot to make it up, monumentally more than if you had just gotten the normal amount of sleep that your body requires, whatever that may be, ahead of time. Well, like, look at me in this jet lag and jet lag going west. (laughs) I was lied to. And everyone's like, no, it's harder to go east. I had no problem going east. Coming back. I'm still, still, how many days later? Yeah. I'm still just so sleepy. It's so tiring. Yes. And what it is, is too, is, is a state of mind around it. So this is something that's going to be a little bit harder to prove as far as the tests are concerned. Mm -hmm. But your mental state in how you are approaching making up that sleep depth can also impact that, right? So when you went east, you were going into a happy place, Mm -hmm. right? That was your trip and you were excited and it was fun. And all of those things went into helping your mood. That's what we talked about in energy as well. Your 
underlying joy can give you energy and boost that energy. The same thing. I also had a lay flat bed. So I was like, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And all of that can impact the way that your brain is helping you process. Am I making up my sleep Mm -hmm. deficit? Right. You might actually be making it up much sooner. Your jet lag might have gone away much sooner if you were returning home to a happy place and returning home in a happy state of mind. All of that can weigh into how you're perceiving your approach to your sleep. I literally had my sleep schedule planned out (laughs) because it wasn't an overnight flight. You know, during during, leaving during the day, getting home during the day Mm -hmm. with the time difference. I had planned out, I'm going to sleep for this long, then I'm going to ask me to bring me my lunch. And then I'm going to go back (laughs) to sleep for just a little bit. And then by the time I get home, I just go to bed on time when Mm -hmm. I get home. Yeah. And it just didn't quite work that way. But the delay, no, the delays and the cancellation, dude, I was awake for 27 hours. Then I got four hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of 48 hours, I had four hours of sleep before I fell asleep again. Well, yeah. I was 47. And then I got about five hours of sleep. Yeah. Because so I was, I would just wake up. I would wait. I was still hours. on that time zone. Right. All of those hours that you were awake, all of that deficit that you built, you were pulling from your sleep savings account to put it all back in. It was like you had to do it with this huge amount of interest. So mm-hmm. yes, it may take you a long time. And that's what the studies are showing. Yes, you can make it up, but it takes an exorbitant amount of time to be able to and do I'm that. still taking that time. And you still have to use your brain to create the environment that's telling your body, I am replenishing this and give yourself the break. I am putting it back. I will get back to normal. Well, that's all good stuff, I think. And I think we've covered most of the topics that we were we, have. we were prepared for today. So mm-hmm. find what works for you. Get that sleep environment set up for you, your bedmates, blackout curtains, if that's what you need, sleep mask, if that's what you need, the fan on, if that's what you need, just figure out what's your best sleep environment and go with that. Now, if you can't eliminate the light at night or before you go to sleep, Try changing the wavelength to the yellow spectrum. Turn that off on your phone, lower the lights. As Dallas mentioned, you can even turn away your clock on your nightstand. That way you not only can ignore the light, but then you don't look at the time and you can eliminate some of that stress and anxiety. Remember, naps are not evil and they're not just for kids. Sometimes a nap can do wonders. Now, If you do suffer from insomnia or have those random nights where you just cannot fall asleep, try some of the different methods we mentioned, like there was visualization, we had meditation, or even the military methods with the tensing and releasing of muscles up and down your body. And finally, the one we just talked about, banking your sleep before a strenuous activity or making it up afterwards. And you have to remember, it will take significantly longer periods of time to make up that sleep deficit on the end of it. So it's just better to get into the pattern, get into a healthy pattern of sleep, whether you need as an adult, seven to nine hours a night, realize that your teenagers need more than you. They do. Kids need even more than that. My teenager needs more than my youngers, (laughs) which is fun. So all of those types of things, just try to find your unique sleep pattern and work with it the best you can so that you're not having to bank or make up for those deficits. Now, the challenge for this week, take a couple of nights and think about how you feel when you wake up the next day. How did you perform all day? 
Did you feel like you were dragging? Did you feel good and alert? Do you feel like you really just needed some more sleep? Is this current sleep situation working for you or do you need to clean it up? And if all else fails, sleep is incredibly important and you may have something that requires your doctor to intervene. And we're not doctors here. No, no, no. So once Definitely. you do your evaluation, if you still feel that you are not getting an adequate amount of sleep a night, and especially with us with autoimmune, you need more than normal, consult with your doctor. Definitely. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's Drift Into Sleep. Now that we've discussed our ideas, are there any recommendations about today's topic that you'd like to share? Drop us a comment on Instagram or become a Patreon member for special perks and bonus content. For a complete list of products, services, or other content mentioned in today's podcast, visit the links page on our website. Is social media the best thing since sliced bread or the devil incarnate? For our next episode, we'll dive into the good, the bad, and the hashtags of this brave new world dominated by social media. Follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at next week's episode. I'm Dallas. And I'm Lori. For Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. The Two Redheads Podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. As with all our platforms and content, this podcast represents our own current personal views. These opinions do not represent those of any people, institutions, or organizations that we may discuss, mention, or recommend to our audience. At various times, we may provide reviews of products, services, or other resources. Any such reviews will represent the good faith opinions of the authors. You should conduct your own due diligence and should not rely solely upon any reviews provided by the authors. The products and services reviewed may be provided to the company for free or at a reduced price to incentivize a review. For more information about the disclosure of incentives received in exchange for providing reviews of these products, please contact support at tworedheadswalkintoapodcast.com. We are not licensed healthcare professionals, and our personal experiences addressed are what works for our bodies. None of what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please refer to your own physician for any medical needs and concerns.